Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Nikki and I started this podcast to inspire people to live a meaningful life. So we share our own stories and we talk with people who have inspired us to reach our full potential and navigate this beautiful journey of life. Today, I'm joined by Christine Conti. She's a board-certified naturopathic doctor. I first met her in 2021 when I was on my own health journey to improve my gut health. Christine met with me like she does with all of her clients, and we went through a very thorough medical history. I think it was like a two-hour appointment, if I remember correctly, and later on through some tests, she helped me discover that I had SIBO, also known as small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Christine helped me treat this in a naturopathic way with pills that consisted of a blend of herbs targeted to cleanse my gut biome and help stimulate my digestive tract. I was so happy when she agreed to come on the pod because working with her to optimize my health really did transform my life and have such a powerful impact on how I live. I have so much more energy to keep up with everything that I want to achieve and experience in this life. A big part of how I sustain my motivation is rooted in my health and wellness practices, so I'm really excited to share those things that help me stay healthy with all of you. I did write a blog post to go along with this episode, so you can find that on our website. It will be a deep dive into everything that I consume, not only food-related, but also what I read, what I listen to. I'll also share some of my wellness practices and things that I've incorporated in my life that help my mental, physical, and emotional health. I'm very passionate on health because it's one of those things that if you feel good, then you're going to be able to do those things that you really want to in life. In this episode, we're going to talk about naturopathic medicine, nutrition, pregnancy, and childbirth. Before we hear from Christine, I just want to share a little bit about her background. She graduated valedictorian from National University of Health Sciences. She's been practicing for eight years now. And in 2021, she founded her company, Root Origins Holistic Medicine. Christina is a certified clinical and communication lactation specialist, and she's currently working on becoming a certified holistic fertility practitioner where she can fully support women before, during, and after pregnancy. Her biggest passions in life are her babies. Christine has a son, Smith, and a daughter, Porter. They are actually the reason why she became so fascinated with pregnancy, childbirth, and the power of breastfeeding. Additionally, becoming a mom is what sparked her desire to support those who are struggling to become parents of their own and help make that dream a reality for them. So I think it will be a very inspiring episode, especially if you're someone who is interested in starting a family someday or maybe you're pregnant or a mama of your own. So let's get into our full episode. So thanks, Christine. Um, I'm happy to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. 
I just want to start with a basic question. We always ask our guests, what is something that you're grateful for today or this week? Yeah. So again, today I'm I'm so excited to be here and to talk with you and to talk about uh, these topics that I am so passionate about. So again, thank you for having me today. I am grateful for this like moment right now. I love um, that. <laughs> and this week, I am grateful that uh, I got an opportunity to slow down a little bit. I think just summer is notoriously super busy. And that's just kind of tenfold since having children. And we just didn't have much going on this week. And it's been so nice to just be a little more quiet at home and just focusing a little more on just being together and not all the craziness of activities. So it's been really nice. Yeah, especially you know, at this time of year, there's still several weeks left of summer. So just to get that time to regroup is really nice. So that's (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So for anyone listening who might not know, would you be able to explain a little bit about what a naturopathic doctor does and how naturopathic medicine is different from conventional medicine? Yes. Um, So the primary principle of naturopathic medicine is that the body has the innate ability to heal itself if given the right environment. And that's what um, we as naturopathic doctors are really focusing on is helping our clients learn and understand the environment that is going to allow their body to thrive and function optimally. So obviously that is going to be done through more natural methods than you would experience in uh, conventional medicine. So utilizing nutritional herbs um, or nutritional supplements, herbs, homeopathic medicine, those sorts of things, primarily diet and lifestyle, lifestyle changes. So um, then I think there's probably two like really key obvious differences between naturopathic medicine and conventional medicine. The first of course, and and probably most obvious being the approach of how we treat our patients. So again, with naturopathic medicine, we're using more natural approaches. There's a significant focus on diet and lifestyle and really getting into the whole person. So someone may come to me because they're experiencing headaches or fatigue, and we're not going to just talk about those symptoms. We really get into every aspect of health all the way back to even what their health, what the health of their mother was like when she was pregnant with them, because that can have an impact. Those are all puzzle pieces that build on where your health is at today and is valuable information to help correct any underlying, underlying imbalances that have um, been created over time. That's probably the first and most obvious difference is that kind of whole body approach and then obviously a more natural method of correcting those imbalances. And then I think the second biggest difference is time. It takes so much more time at each appointment to discuss, understand, learn everything about my patients. It's, I think, a much more personal experience than, you know, the quick five to maybe 10 minutes if you're lucky with most conventional practitioners. (laughs) Yes. It's so true. I remember, you know, when you were helping me with my gut health, it was like so eye-opening to even think the questions that you were asking me about, 
yeah, my family health, but then also just different things in my lifestyle overall that I had never been asked before by my primary care doctor. And, you know, you wanted to know a lot of those things. So, I mean, with your clients, a lot of them are seeking out natural ways of addressing their symptoms. Do you find that their response is usually like a shock or surprise that you would get that in depth with their overall medical history? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that it's a shock or surprise, but probably more often like a sigh of relief of like, finally, someone is going to listen and hear everything I have to say and and not just brush all this other stuff under the rug and act like it's irrelevant or unimportant. Yeah. I think probably the main response that I typically get. I could see that definitely. I'm sure there are some people who might be wondering, does natural medicine really work? Would you be able to just share some experiences that you have had with your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know how it couldn't work. <laughs> if um, I, It definitely requires a lot more work than just being given a medication that's going to make your, your symptoms go away. Um, when you are correcting the underlying imbalance or the underlying cause. And I'm not trying to say that there's one single cause, like there's often multiple areas that we need to be addressing um, to get the body back in harmony. But when that is our goal, I don't see how it can't work. Obviously, it does require a lot more effort from the patient. And I'm here, you know, I'm the support system to help guide and come up with the strategies to reach that goal. And there are lots of things we can do as far as, again, those supplements and herbs that can support that healing process, speed it up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it can be, it can take a while sometimes. But yeah, it's, I just see how if if your end goal is to get the body back in harmony, there's, it doesn't make sense that it it wouldn't work. Uh, And that's not to say there aren't situations where conventional medicine isn't needed or necessary as well, but it can definitely be a good um, conjunctive therapy as well. I think that one of the clients that I saw that was probably like the most rewarding was, I would say she was similar in, to you as far as why she originally came to see me. She was having a lot of digestive issues. It was also shortly before her wedding and she was hoping to lose some weight, but it wasn't really her primary focus. It was just because she wasn't feeling well and she had all the stomach pain. So through some testing, same, we did discover she also had SIBO. I think that was the first we had, she had learned that she had a gluten allergy and I believe she had Hashimoto's as well. So there was a lot. It was a lot to do, a lot to work on. You know, it was really quick for her to start seeing improvements. Weight fell off of her really quick once we made some dietary changes and got her on some supplements to heal her gut. And as I continued to work with her on these things and she continued to feel better, you know, she had gotten married and had voiced to me how she wanted to get pregnant soon and start a family uh, and was really concerned about how that process would go because there was a significant amount of women in her family who who had really struggled to get pregnant. And it was like a long process for them. And, you know, I just reassured her that we can cross that bridge when she gets there. But she had done so much of the work already to understand her body and to get it into a healthy place 
And it turns out it was not a concern that she needed to have at all because she had no problem getting pregnant. That's (laughs) amazing. It was really exciting to hear. (laughs) Yeah. That has got to be very rewarding. Do you feel like, um, is it typically a long-term, like when a client starts to see you, are they on supplements for forever? What is your approach to that? No, that is never my intention or goal for any of my patients. I think that if you can't get off of a supplement and continue to feel well, that means that we're missing something. The goal, again, is to have the body function the way it's supposed to and to support that healing process with supplements. So if supplements are just working as a band-aid to help your body to function the way that you feel good, then I don't see that as much different from allopathic medicine. And again, there's, you know, there must be something else that we're missing if you're unable to discontinue a supplement. And that's not to say that there aren't supplements that are beneficial just to take all the time. Um, you know, being in the Midwest here, vitamin D is something that pretty much everyone could benefit from. How much is going to vary from person to person. Yeah, There I are still certain take mine. things that are great to have handy during, you know, uh, cold and flu season, like mm-hmm. vitamin C and zinc. Um, but do you need to take them every day, every single day? Probably not. Same thing with probiotics. I feel like that's such a big one that so many people are like, oh, I just take it. But why mm, do you need yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. So. That's a good one because I do feel like people always think that if you take a probiotic, that must be a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can you share a little bit on that? Is it... I know I w- I took one after we had worked through all my gut stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, unless there's some sort of diagnosis of a chronic imbalance that it's going to benefit you to c- continually take a probiotic like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis or possibly celiac disease, um, where you just, you have that diagnosis and it is going to be with you forever. You can definitely do things to help put your symptoms into remission. But those are some of the few situations where I feel, you know, a probiotic may be beneficial on a long-term basis, but otherwise they, I think they are just supposed to be used like any other supplement to support healing. And then once you're in a good place, you should be able to maintain that state generally speaking, through your diet and lifestyle. And again, they can be utilized again if you happen to get some sort of illness and need to support your immune system in your gut again, um, again, just for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Before you mentioned a little bit how conventional medicine can still be incorporated to if needed, can natural medicine be combined with conventional medicine and can they work together? Ideally, they would. I think that is the most beneficial use of both worlds. Um, You know, there, there's definitely a time and a place for conventional medicine and there's always a time and a place I think for natural medicine. Um, And I think they do work best when combined together. Yeah. It's, you're going to have all of the options and resources available to be able to make the best choice for yourself when you have different positions that are willing to work together as a team for you. Mm -hmm. That makes me think we're obviously in Michigan and your licensing is in a different state. Is that correct? 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> so can we talk about that too? I wasn't sure if we were going to get into it, but I feel like we might as well. So yes, yes. So there are, uh, I should have looked this up. I want to say 26 or 27 states that are licensed in naturopathic medicine. Do not hold me to that number. <laughs> so not every state in the U.S. currently is licensed with for naturopathic doctors. And Michigan, unfortunately, is not one. Um, so I do have a license. It's in Vermont. I don't hold my license there for any particular reason. Um, but it does obviously keep me accountable for maintaining standards of continuing education. And obviously, well, whenever Michigan does get licensed, uh, we'll make that transition process a lot easier for me to just switch my license over to Michigan. But you know, there are people, there's the Michigan Association of Naturopathic Physicians, and they have been working for several years now to try and get licensure. And I hope just, that happens. <laughs> yes, we all do. Yeah. So, so much easier for everyone. <laughs> yes, yes, it would. You mentioned earlier too that you're currently working on becoming a certified holistic fertility practitioner. What have you learned during the certification process? I mean, I've learned a ton. <laughs> Some of it is just review of what I've already known, um, functional labs, but just to take a more specific focused approach for those that are struggling. And I think the biggest, not the biggest, but one huge thing that for the patients that come to me that is ignored is the male component <laughs> and that it takes two to tango, right? Yep. So that is something that I will be shifting gears in the future, really making sure that the weight and the burden isn't all placed on the woman, mm -hmm. that um, again, the male factor is very important as well. Their sperm quality, their diet lifestyle, everything that's going on in their health does mm -hmm. also impact fertility as well and is really important. And yeah, there, I know there's a lot of tests and functional labs that I've learned um, how to better utilize and understand infertility. Do you hope to go in that direction with your clients? Yeah, I think I definitely do want to shift more to a focus of fertility specifically. Mm -hmm. It is what I find the most rewarding is to work with patients before getting pregnant and get that exciting email or phone call that they've gotten a positive pregnancy test and, you know, to be able to support them a little bit throughout their pregnancy as well. I definitely still expect people to work with an OB or a midwife. Mm -hmm. um, that's very important. <laughs> but there's a lot that can be done naturally to help support with some of the symptoms that come with pregnancy. And uh, again, just kind of maintaining that level of health and wellness throughout so that you can feel your best and be in the best position possible to then care for a newborn once mm -hmm. baby arrives. Can you share any specifics of things you might do to help support women before pregnancy, also during pregnancy, and even after in the postpartum? Um, yeah. So before it could be really vast. Um, so really, really specific to fertility, we would obviously do a deep dive in hormones. So it's it's not as simple as a lot of doctors 
may make it sound like, oh, your progesterone's fine or your estrogen is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> There's a lot more nuance to it than, than that as far as utilizing at very specific times when you want to look at those, those hormones to understand is your estrogen in a level and your luteinizing hormone and your follicle-stimulating hormone all in a level that's going to allow you to make follicles during the first half of your cycle? Is your progesterone at a level during the second half of your cycle high enough to let us know that you are producing quality eggs? Then not only like are your hormones in balance, but then how is your body actually utilizing those hormones? Are they being metabolized properly by your liver and the digestive system? So there's a lot of ways to get a much broader picture of how the hormones are actually working in the body versus just what those hormone levels are. So I think that's really the most valuable first step to understand Mm -hmm. when we're looking at fertility. And then just like anything else in naturopathic medicine, each person individually looking at them as a whole. So are there other underlying digestive issues that are going on that are going to impact the ability to properly absorb nutrients that's going to affect being able to make hormones or are they having issues with detoxing those hormones uh, and eliminating them through the stool or is there an underlying or undiagnosed thyroid disorder or something going on is there a significant amount of stress and they're experiencing adrenal fatigue all things that could significantly impact the body's ability to become pregnant and maintain pregnancy. Wow. There's a lot that goes into hormones. I (laughs) I had no idea. What different signs would someone be showing if they had like a hormone imbalance? How, what would be the first thing you would kind of look to, to be like, oh, that could be a hormone imbalance and Mm -hmm. specifically to like the different types of imbalances it could be. Yeah. So for sex hormones with women, um, you'd obviously see a lot of symptoms cyclically with the menstrual cycle. So if they are experiencing significant menstrual cramps or really heavy periods, uh, a lot of PMS or irritability, acne, bloating, you know, a lot of, we're told all these symptoms are normal, but just because they exist doesn't mean that we should be experiencing them. And especially if they are interfering with your life or you need to be taking over-the-counter pain medicines or anything like that, it's likely at a place where it's, you know, your hormones are out of balance and contributing to symptoms that you shouldn't be experiencing to to that degree. Fatigue, headaches, uh, joint pain, those could all also be symptoms of hormone imbalances, whether that's sex hormones, thyroid hormone, stress hormones. So I've heard that those signs of like cramping, acne, bad clotting, I've heard that all of that shouldn't exist. For the most part, yeah. Okay. I mean, I like I said, you're releasing tissue. <laughs> it can be a little uncomfortable, but for the most part, you should still be able to get through your day. Mm-hmm. without needing any over-the-counter medications, without wanting to bite someone's head off <laughs> um, you and, and not feeling like you need to just be curled up on a couch all day because you're so uncomfortable. 
it shouldn't interfere with your life that significantly. And if it is, it's likely a sign that something's out of balance that that could be corrected. So then your role as a naturopathic practitioner for a client that you have who's, you know, they've gotten pregnant, they're into their pregnancy, what would it look like for you for supporting that client during their pregnancy? Um, yeah, so again, I mostly what I would do at that point is just support them in any symptoms that they're having. And really, again, focusing on diet and lifestyle. I think that that's something that isn't discussed enough. <laughs> There's so much um, fear of like, oh, make sure you avoid this, 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 and this, but not enough discussion of what should you be having? What's going to best serve you and baby to help mm -hmm. support maintaining your health throughout pregnancy, maintaining your nutritional status, supporting baby's growth? That can be so instrumental into how you feel after baby comes. Mm -hmm. So your body goes through so much just during pregnancy and definitely through childbirth. It's a lot to recover from. And the more you can support your body beforehand, the easier it's going to make it um, when you're also tending to a little newborn and their yeah. adorable constant needs. Yes. <laughs> Having that energy. What yeah. would be the best dietary things for someone who is pregnant? Um, protein is super important. Uh, I think maintaining a high level of protein throughout pregnancy is essential. So is water hydration. Your, your blood volume actually increases when you're pregnant and your um, bladder is slowly shrinking <laughs> as a baby gets bigger and bigger. So people don't like to hear that, but um, maintaining that hydration is so, so necessary. And then lots and lots of fiber, your fruits and veggies, obviously, again, they're going to give you a large variety of nutrients. Uh, but it's also going to support regularity of bowel movements, which can also become increasingly difficult <laughs> as pregnancy moves on. So yeah, I've definitely focused on protein and fiber the most. Okay, that just makes me think because well, those actually protein and fiber are something I try to get better at, including in my diet in general. I'm not pregnant or trying to get pregnant yet, but um, I just have really tried to focus on those two areas overall for my diet. So for fiber, how do you feel about fiber supplements and like fiber bars or, you know, like processed fiber? How do you feel about that? A clean fiber supplement on occasion, okay, mm -hmm. uh, but you should not be dependent on it. Yeah. Um, so I could understand during certain uh, times of pregnancy, if you had some pretty significant nausea and you were really struggling to eat the nutrients that you need to have a lot of fiber in your diet, then a supplement might be beneficial, but it's not a solution <laughs> uh, or a long-term solution. You should definitely whole natural food sources are going to be much more beneficial for you in the long term than continuing to take a supplement and um, any sort of like processed bar or anything. Avoiding processed foods as much as possible is mm -hmm. 
obviously preferred. There are so many additives and kind of hidden toxins and endocrine disruptors that could even be in there that aren't going to be ideal uh, for just general wellness and definitely not for fertility. Mm -hmm. For um, postpartum, what would it look like on that side for you as a um, practitioner? Really focusing on nutrition. (laughs) It's like we can't talk about it enough. Um, You, If you are choosing to breastfeed, you have so much of your energy and nutrients going to produce that milk and you need to fuel your body in order to keep up with that demand and hydrate. (laughs) Same thing. Uh, So nutrition is number one, but I do find that supplements can be really beneficial in those cases where there is such high demand uh, to make sure you are meeting kind of your bare minimums. Um, I do definitely recommend a prenatal during pregnancy. And if you're going to be breastfeeding post-pregnancy, it's very helpful to continue that. Vitamin D, again, always useful. A good fish oil is going to be really beneficial for most people to kind of maintain that nutritional status during those that high demand. And then, of course, there are a lot of symptoms that can come after childbirth, whether that's pain. There's some things that we can utilize uh, homeopathics a lot of times that can help manage pain and help with recovery, uh, as well as, you know, if there's in cases of mild anxiety or depression, I don't want to say I would, you know, if someone was experiencing severe postpartum depression or anxiety, they would likely need to speak with their primary care OB about that. But if they're experiencing mild cases of it, then, um, there's a lot of things naturally that can be done to support that too. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting that you mentioned nutrition at all stages before, during, and after pregnancy, um, because it makes me think about the things that are missed in conventional medicine. And often, I don't think. I mean, I I have my OB for annual checkups, but you know, she's not asking me about my nutrition really in depth. You know, what other areas do you feel like are not addressed for? particularly women during pregnancy in conventional medicine? That's a good question. I feel like it's starting to get better because people are talking more about it and Mm -hmm. sharing things that maybe are missed or just finding other ways to support women. But Right. You know, I think that probably the mental health component of it and just the, like, need that to take care of your body in general, like, you are growing another human mm-hmm. and so you're probably going to have more need, more of a need to rest and to sleep and most women are just expected to just keep going 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 um it's not uncommon for a lot of women to work right up to the day that they go into labor um mm-hmm. so you know i think that is just a huge problem of women just not having the support they need physically. And I think movement is probably another big one too. Keeping that blood flow moving, getting some sort of gentle exercise, obviously Mm -hmm. in safe boundaries of what your body can do while you're pregnant. Um, But I don't know that it's focused enough on in conventional medicine. I can't speak 
too strongly because I worked with a midwife yeah. <laughs> for my pregnancies, but it seems that as long as your you know baby's heartbeat is fine and you know belly seems to be growing at an appropriate rate then uh you know everything's good to go unless unless there's some sort of red flag that pops up Uh, they're not discussing anything prior to prevent that prevent those red flags from showing up did you work with a midwife only during your pregnancies or did you have an ob as well I worked exclusively with a exclusively midwife. with a midwife. Okay, she's she's a nurse midwife, um, so she does have hospital permissions. I did did both of my births at home. So you did. Yeah. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. <laughs> it was a challenging but very rewarding experience. Amazing. Yeah. Can you can you talk a little bit about it? Are you willing to share? <laughs> okay, I would love to hear about anything you're willing to share with your whole, like your pregnancies both times and the experience of giving birth at home? Yeah. Oh gosh, where to start? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I will say with my son, my first midway through is when um, COVID really hit. It was March of 2020 and we were all in lockdown. And so um, I was one of the people who, had the luxury (laughs) of staying home. Uh, It was a benefit for me, at least on a personal level. I had nothing to do but focus on my pregnancy and read all the books and prepare. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a really glorious time in my life. So I don't don't think I had anything too exciting with my pregnancies. I had nausea, I had fatigue, I had, um, but none of it was you know, debilitating. I didn't overly sick from anything. So um, otherwise healthy pregnancies. Um, I had a very strange, similar birth (laughs) with both of them. It's like, it's not just, it's not how it typically goes for most people. So it was very um, like you would see in a romantic comedy. <laughs> so the the situation where your water breaks and then you go into labor, it's actually not very common for your water to break before labor starts. It's I've usually sometime in the middle. Very huh. rarely your water cannot break at all and your baby can be born still in their sack. And it's called end call. And it's really awesome if you want to look up a video of that. And it's also um, due dates. Due dates are really, a, a, it's an estimate of when your baby's going to come, but full term is really anywhere between 37 and 43 weeks. And so your estimated due date is the middle of that at four weeks or 40 weeks. So as long as mom and baby are healthy, really baby could come anytime during that six week period. And um, again, very oddly, uh, not not the norm whatsoever. My water broke on my due date for both babies. Wow. Super strange. That is strange. <laughs> both, both of them ended up being born the next day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. My family joked that it was very typical of me to be like that. Um, yeah. Type A. Um, I also had fast labors. By the time like labor actually like kicked in and I started having contractions, it was about five and a half hours for both of my births. And that's also not very typical. It can be well over 24 hours is very normal. 
whether or not that's a good or a bad thing, I'm not sure. It was quick. That's great. Got it done and over with. It was also extremely intense. <laughs> so I feel like it was just all on fast forward and I was experiencing everything. Yeah. Very, very intensely. <laughs> I know with my, might've been both. Um, I can't really remember which birth it was, but I was having a lot of one contraction rolling right into the next. So I wasn't getting breaks oh, wow. between contractions. And that would be a long five hours, <laughs> even though it's short. <laughs> that would be it's, very it's tiring for yes, sure. <laughs> absolutely. How was your postpartum? So, so again, so different between the two, um, but so similar at the same time. So physically postpartum with my son was harder. Um, they were almost the exact same weight too. So um, difference of an ounce, but with my son and it being my first birthing experience and not really knowing what to expect when it came to being ready to push, I kind of just went based on what I was being told. So I think that my team kind of sensed this feeling in me that I wanted to be done. <laughs> I was like over it. Yeah. And so they started coaching me through pushing and it felt a little forced. And at the same time, it's just like, just let's just get this over with. Let's do it. Um, so I tore a little bit with him and um that, you know, I needed a few stitches. It was it was a minor tear, but I did need um some stitches. So that definitely made me physically more uncomfortable. But again, with him, I was just in this little bubble where it was just me and him <laughs> for three months afterwards. So it was mentally and emotionally like a really, really wonderful time um, after that couple of weeks of like the pain going away. Versus with my daughter, you know, I told them, you know, this time around, I don't want you to tell me anything about pushing. I just want to wait until I can just naturally, my body is telling me to do it. And that's what I did. And so with my son, I think they said I pushed for like 45 minutes to an hour, somewhere like that, where my daughter, um, it was like two and a half pushes and she was out. So it, with her just waiting for it to be this like natural response that my, my body was doing that I mm -hmm. no longer had like any control over. I mean, you don't have control over labor whatsoever. It is just your body doing it. Yeah. Um, but when it came to pushing, I was like, I had no choice, but to like, but to do that, I wasn't trying just, I, I had to, mm -hmm. uh, and it was very primal and super rewarding. And I feel like because I waited for that moment and I wasn't pushing for a long time. I wasn't forcing it in any way. I, I didn't tear. And I, I thought for sure I would, because once you tear the first time you are more likely to tear that tissue's just weaker, but I didn't tear at all. I didn't need stitches. So physically with her, it was, it was much easier to recover, which was great. And again, they were about the same size. It was a difference of um, an ounce. Mm -hmm. So had nothing to do with their size or anything like that. I did also, while well, we're on the topic, have my placenta encapsulated for both uh, both pregnancies and took that postpartum. And whether or not that helped with any of the mood stuff after, you know, I can't say for certain because mm -hmm. I did not take that take it. But I know overall, I felt pretty good after both pregnancies. 
is that what it's supposed to be for um, primarily is to help support with like your mood and that's one of the claims Um, I don't know that there's a whole lot of studies in that for that but that is one of the claims that it can help a lot with um, just kind of rebalancing your hormones after birth and helping to prevent or even just minimize any postpartum depression or anxiety and it's just it's an organ yeah (laughs) it's a whole organ that grows so it is like organ meats are the most nutritionally dense meats (laughs) um so having that encapsulated it is you know a lot of nutrients so like I said I talk about um, how important your nutritional status is before during and after and so that is one of the ways that I definitely advocate to um, support postpartum if you're open and willing amazing (laughs) I hope that people listening can relate to this on some level, whether a home birth is something that they want to try or not. I think just knowing the options that are available to them throughout the pregnancy and birth process is helpful and supportive. I think it's very inspiring. I'm a huge advocate of home births, but I'm also a huge advocate of you being an advocate for what you mm-hmm. want in your birth. And if you're not comfortable giving birth at home, great, you know, figure out what you are comfortable with and just make sure that that's, that's voiced when, when you're there. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where a doula can be so, so beneficial is to make sure that they know what your hope and outcome is for your birthing experience. And they can help make sure that you know every step of what's happening. There's, it's a lot (laughs) to try to process what someone's asking you or telling you when you're in labor. So having that person there to help make sure, okay, they're, they're about to do this. Is that something you're consenting to? So in the situation of like, did some, they're about to break your water, are you consenting to having your water broken? Um, those sorts of situations can be a wonderful meeting between the two. (laughs) Yeah. Is there a difference between a midwife and a doula? I hear them. Okay. There's a big difference. Okay. Can you speak to it a little bit? So the, your midwife is basic functions similar to an OB. Um, They are the person who is going to make sure mom and baby are healthy. So throughout your pregnancy, you check in with them and they they check your vitals. They check your, you know, your labs, throughout to make sure your blood levels are good. Um, And then again, monitoring baby's growth and heart rate throughout your pregnancy. And they are the one who is um, assisting delivery. So, you know, making sure that baby comes out okay. (laughs) And, um, you know, checking baby's uh, vitals and everything once they're born. I I tour a little bit. So my midwife is the person who stitched me up. All of that, all of the physical aspects where a doula is like your emotional support and guide <laughs> throughout. So uh, they're there to kind of coach you through the process and really um, kind of stay with you in the moment of like, you know, you can do this or, you know, help get you into different positions or try different positions that are going to help make things more comfortable. I know my doula, like she was going into my kitchen and getting me like fruit and water and, you know, rags for my head. I was getting hot or whatever I needed 
helping me to the bathroom when I had to go to the bathroom, those sorts of things. My husband was there too. Um, but you know, he's not trained or experienced in, in this. So she knows all the ins and outs of the labor process. And again, what are the things that can be done to just to help make me more comfortable, help to keep me motivated. And um, again, in a situation where if you are in a hospital and they're trying to move things along and making sure that you're consenting to Mm -hmm. that as well. Thanks for explaining the difference between a midwife and a doula. Again, it just sounds like there's so many options out there for women during pregnancy, thinking about labor. There's a lot that can be done to help. Yes, for sure. What are the most common things that your clients come to you with? So, um, you know, I know for me it was gut health and experiencing constipation and a lack of energy, but what are the the main things that you often have people coming to you for? Mm-hmm. I see mostly women. I think they're just more open <laughs> and interested in um, taking care of their health in general, <laughs> uh, but definitely taking a natural approach to it as well. And I would say that some sort of hormone imbalance is the primary area that I'm seeing, whether that be sex hormones, thyroid hormone, adrenals, a combination of all three, or the symptoms that are coming from those. So fatigue is probably the biggest complaint (laughs) that I, I see with my patients. I don't know that there's really anyone who doesn't to some degree, say mm-hmm. they wish they had more energy. And then gut, I mean, everyone's got gut issues, it seems. Mm-hmm. It's the world we live in, I tell you, our diets. Yeah. Diets, the convenience foods, the processed yes. foods, the yeah. farming practices, it could go on mm-hmm. and on and on. <laughs> I know. I really hope to get someone on the podcast who can speak to our farming in the oh. United States. Because I'm very passionate about that, but I want to hear like you know someone who's very into it. Yeah, yeah, I know that would be. Yeah, I'd love to listen to that. Yeah. (laughs) So for any of our listeners who liked some of the things that they heard about natural medicine, and they would possibly like to be a client of yours, how could they find you? So they can go to my website. It's mirootorigins.com uh, or they can email me at christine at mirootorigins.com. I'm also on Instagram as mi or my naturopathic life. Okay. And we'll drop those links below too, if that's okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Our last question that we ask everyone, what is supporting you currently in life? I would say currently what is supporting me are the women that I know, whether they are close friends of mine or um, colleagues that I've never even met in person (laughs) who are in a similar stage of life, whether that's having young kiddos and going through motherhood with me or being a mother who's started a business, just to be able to speak with them and talk about the challenges and struggles and growths that I'm going through and hear how they're going through the same thing or they've been through a similar experience 
just to be able to have that connection and support and know that I'm not doing this all alone can be super powerful and mm-hmm. motivating. Yeah. That's beautiful. Community and connection are so important for humans and life. I agree. Yeah. That's great. So thank you so much, Christine, for being here and for sharing your knowledge with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. You can catch new episodes of the Lightly Salted podcast every Thursday. Nikki and I love hearing from you, so be sure to leave us a rating and leave us a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, follow us on Instagram at the Lightly Salted Podcast for all of the behind the scenes action. Talk to you next Thursday. Love you guys.